Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me on the show again today. Now I've started monitoring Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies of late and my observations are that it's all completely bonkers really. Don't get me wrong, as I will reveal later, I'm having a bit of fun with Bitcoin and some of its uh, friends, but can we use it in our property business? Can we invest in it, in reality, and most importantly, can we really trust it? Well, let's have a chat about these points now then, shall we? Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Okay, so I don't plan to conduct a major lecture on the history of so-called cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and the blockchain technology it sits on, However, a little background and context is probably going to be helpful, given that many people still don't know too much about the subject. And if you've ever seen the film The Usual Suspects, then you might recall the big up of a seemingly powerful and elusive character that goes by the name of Kaiser Soze. Nobody had actually seen Kaiser Soze, it seems, and yet he was both feared among the criminal community and highly sought after for capture by the law enforcement community in equal measure. In fact, he was a legend and also the mastermind of a giant organised crime network. Spoiler alert, close your ears for the next 30 seconds if you don't want me to ruin your enjoyment of the film and if you haven't seen it. Okay, if you're ready, 30 seconds from now. Right, so Kaiser Soze, of course, did not exist. He was instead the figment of the imagination of Kevin Spacey's character, Verbal Kent, who was himself the real-life Kaiser Soze, even though he appeared to be rather weak and inept as, as a part of his cover. Cryptocurrency and Bitcoin has its very own Kaiser Soze, with the accredited founder of Bitcoin going by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto, and just as with Kaiser Soze, nobody actually knows who he is. Needless to say, if you're interested in how it all started and the conspiracy theories around Bitcoin, then I suggest you watch the docufilm called Banking on Bitcoin, which I saw is listed on Netflix, but I watched it on a recent British Airways flight. Satoshi Nakamoto developed Bitcoin and launched it in 2009, just around the time or just after the last financial crisis. He intended for it to be used as a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. Note this is not specifically a currency at all, but instead a method for securely transferring digital records of cash between individuals. Theoretically, it does not require banks or physical cash and notes. However, try buying and holding Bitcoin or one of its alternatives without using a market exchange to acquire it, a bank to fund the market exchange, or a wallet to store the Bitcoins in after you have bought it. Yes, it is possible to transfer Bitcoins once they've been acquired from person to person, 
without using the exchange. And this is then where a number of so-called miners check on an open source uh, centralized ledger to verify that the Bitcoin is real, that you actually own it, and then they validate the transfer from you to someone else recording the transaction in the centralized ledger. And this process of mining uses complex algorithms and is checked at least six times to ensure its accuracy. These checks, along with the open source central ledger that records all transactions, is where the system gets its trust from. Everyone can see a Bitcoin's owner uh, with its hellishly long unique serial number and every transaction is recorded for all to see. However, individual owner identities are protected or kept anonymous um, away from public uh, glare. And they, this is by some kind of encryption mask, which has got some governments and indeed especially the tax authorities very twitchy, no doubt. There are various wallets that you can use to store the bitcoins once you own them, such as an online wallet with one of the exchanges, it's not that secure, uh, in digital wallets on your smartphone, on an encrypted hard, hard device such as a USB stick, and also on paper. Of course, this also raises some questions around security, and if you type the words Bitcoin and security into your web browser search engine, you will no doubt find the Mt. Gox $350 million worth of Bitcoin loss, among other hacks and losses reported from time to time. That's not exactly a growing, sorry, glowing report for uh, its security, but on the other hand, you will also see bank robberies and similar stories of identity theft and bank theft, hacks and other scams with regular money as well. So it has its risks, as too do other forms of money holdings. The final aspect of Bitcoin's history that, that is important to share here is that it has an absolute limit of supply at around 21 million Bitcoins which will be fully mined or released into circulation by around 20, sorry, 2140. It's perhaps this last point that has led to an array of speculators emerging that see this as an opportunity to clean up in what is effectively a limited supply marketplace. With regular currencies, or so-called fiat currencies, like sterling, euro, the dollar, and such like, the money supply is not actually fixed and can be expanded, essentially by the printing of new money by central banks or by creating new deposits by regular banks. I don't wish to get too drawn into how this happens. Suffice it to say that the money supply with these fiat currencies is not fixed, whereas the supply of Bitcoin is. The idea of a time-controlled issue in supply of Bitcoin, along with the maximum number of coins issued, or that can be issued, has given rise to its price being speculated upon, with it being pushed up as demand exceeds supply. And to put this into some sort of perspective, upon, upon launch in 2009, you could actually buy a full Bitcoin for less than one cent in the dollar. The price just before recording this, uh, this episode was just over $6,100. And this dramatic rise over the past eight years, and especially in the past one or two years, uh, puts things into sharp focus, no doubt. And this, of course, has led to cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoins, becoming an asset class or a sub-asset class in their own right. 
They probably more resemble precious metals though, such as gold and platinum, with their limited availability and supply, than they do pounds, euros and dollars. And as such, are they a currency at all? Personally, I don't see that they are, given the massive price fluctuations and the general volatility that, the, that they have seen. However, the technology on which Bitcoin sits, known as the blockchain, is extremely useful and, and could assist in a range of low-cost, instant, currency-related transactions where the banks would not need to be involved at all. Okay, so we've run through some of the background and indeed the context. Now let's look at uh, how Bitcoin is being used today with, of course, uh, something of an emphasis on property as well, naturally. Firstly, a couple of brave souls have started to accept uh, payments in Bitcoin. For example, uh, a property developer in Dubai recently pledged to accept down payments on off-plan properties in Bitcoin. Equally, a communal living provider in London has also recently announced that they will accept rental payments in Bitcoin as well. When the story of the property developer accepting Bitcoin broke around August-September time, I actually did have a quick look at the US dollar value of Bitcoin round about then. And what I found was over a 12-day period, the price of Bitcoin went from $4,116 on the 28th of August to $4,863 some three days later, before falling back to $4,132 just over a week uh, later from that. Now, that's a currency swing of plus and minus 18% in just under two weeks. Anyone would find that hard to handle, let alone property developers operating on a two-year-plus project. Then, if we look um, at the rental equivalent for the communal living, or giant HMO if you prefer, operation in London, imagine for a moment that your market rent was set at, say, half a Bitcoin. Now, on the 3rd of August this year, the price of Bitcoin was the equivalent of $2,777. On the 3rd of September, it was $4,632, and on the 3rd of October, 4319 And as of today, as I mentioned, so that's just, just under another month uh, after, after the last one, just before the uh, start of November, it's $6,100, as I mentioned. So it's gone up from $2,777 to $6,100 in just a few months. And this effectively means that your rent will have gone up, if you're a tenant, by 120% in just a few months. And that's possibly great news if you're a landlord and happen to have tenants willing to pay, you, pay your rent in bitcoins. However, the opposite could also just as easily have happened as well. And from the landlord's point of view, they have the nightmare of managing the very volatile exchange rate with their rent. And in reality, no tenants actually get paid in bitcoin, do they? In short then, how can anyone plan their business, their property business, when this currency is so volatile and su subject to such wild fluctuations? Now, I know what you're thinking, <laughs> but the price of Bitcoin has pretty much gone up and in a pretty big way, especially recently. So surely you will always win in the long run. Well, that's the theory that a lot of people are working off right now, and, and that's part of the reason why the price keeps getting pushed up as well. However, is there any real substance behind these price increases? I mean, what is a Bitcoin worth in reality? 
Can you use it for anything other than as a record of a transaction? Does it have any intrinsic value like a commodity or, uh, does or, or property does? Could it be regulated or even banned from being used? The answer to that last question, by the way, is a definite yes. It does rather have the look and feel of a tulip bubble to me, right now at least. So as a genuine currency, it definitely has limited use right at this moment in time. I do see a lot of value in the technology it's built on though, i.e. the blockchain. And I can see a lot of uses for this technology as a means of ensuring safe and secure payment transfers and secure contracts and that sort of thing. I have no doubt one of the cryptocurrencies, or perhaps more so the blockchain platform technology that it uses, might eventually become more mainstream and therefore more useful. In the meantime, its practical use rather depends on the level of adoption, or in other words how much we use it, which is not that high um, at the moment, that's, uh, that's for sure, despite all the hype. This then leaves us looking at Bitcoin as an asset class instead, a storage of wealth and a means to trade on its value or invest, uh, as with stocks and gold, for example. Now, I've traded in Bitcoin in a few different ways myself now. I've done regular trading where I essentially bet on the price going either up or down over a short period of time. I've, I've undertaken speculative investing where I gamble on the price rising quite crap, uh, sorry, rapidly over the medium term. And I've also undertaken arbitrage where I capitalize on price differences in different markets. <laughs> to be honest with you, none of these apparent strategies really make sense, especially when you don't really know what you're doing. With trading, you need to understand why the price changes as it does. And frankly, I don't 100% understand this. So I've not done too much of that. With the speculative investing on price increases, this is built on the assumption that the price will always go up. However, if you've experienced any market for long enough, you will fully understand that the price does not always go up. There is also the added risk of the currency being banned, as China recently did, or heavily regulated, as the USA have done, to further complicate matters in this new marketplace. So I'm regularly taking my stake out and just speculating with my profit here. That's my personal position anyway. And with arbitrage, I don't really know why the price difference exists in certain marketplaces uh, with a digital currency and, and all the visibility that you have these days, but I found that they have been. Although after a recent experience, I've also learned that the pricing gaps between geographies now seems to be closing, so maybe it was just a temporary blip. Who knows? So that particular avenue might be closing to me as well. In short then, as an investment, it is highly speculative, and so a complete gamble in truth with you, in truth. Personally, I'm having a bit of fun with it, but only with a tiny, tiny percentage of my investment capital, just to see how it goes and learn about it, you know, in all honesty. Now, I did mention earlier, how does this all relate to property, didn't I? Of course, I've just mentioned a couple of examples about using it practically as a currency for buying and selling or renting property. Well, due to the wild price fluctuations that I've alluded to, I don't see buying, selling or renting property using Bitcoins catching on any time soon. So as a currency medium, I don't see the practical value for property investors in the short term. And if you were to compare the results for, sorry, the returns from speculating in, in Bitcoin against speculating in property, quite you know quite recently frankly there'd be no comparison 
as the price of Bitcoin has literally exploded recently. However, given the various risks and uncertainty, along with the lack of intrinsic value, I would not want to be putting a large part of my investment portfolio into it, that's for sure. Having a little play with it by all means, but only with money you could safely afford to write off, as you might just have to do exactly that one day. But if you do have a play and do manage to pull off some wacky profits, then I would strongly suggest taking a large part of your profit out, or indeed your original stake, and storing it in income-generating capital growth properties as you do. That's probably a better bet, and the best fit of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies along with property right now, I would suggest. Maybe just a little taking the profit and, uh, and or your original stake out and investing it into good old bricks and mortar or other more time-tested asset classes, I would suggest. Of course, I've no intention of giving financial advice here. This is merely an educational illustration and a personal insight into the art of the possible, along with my personal views and my personal experience. Make sure you seek professional advice yourself and never risk anything that you cannot safely afford to lose, especially with cryptocurrencies. So what about you? Are you dipping your toe into the crypto waters? And if so, how have you found it? Where do you think it's heading? Similarly, if you still have no clue and or no interest in this strange phenomenon, don't worry, um, as normal property business will be resumed again next week. Finally, though, I just wanted to leave you with a, a, a couple of points from uh, two perspectives from a couple of people that I really respect a lot. First of all, from Bill Gates, who said, um, Bitcoin is better than currency because it is cheap, instant and electronic. And you'll actually find a link to that interview on lots of cryptocurrency websites um, as supposedly Bill Gates giving his thumbs up to, to Bitcoin. However, if you listen to his actual words in the interview referenced, he clearly states it is the technology behind Bitcoin that is going to be most useful rather than Bitcoin itself. Indeed, he speculates that there could be something to replace it, something better later on. So it's not quite the big up for Bitcoin that perhaps some people are, are suggesting it is with Bill. And uh, with Warren Buffett, he says, stay away from it. It's a mirage, basically. The idea that it has some intrinsic value is a joke in my view. Of course, Warren Buffett, he shied away from getting involved in tech stocks, didn't he, for quite some time. I think that has changed a little bit now, but um, he's certainly for now. And that original quote came from a few years ago, but he's reiterated that sort of stance recently as well. So both Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, they, you know, but Warren Buffett's definitely saying no. Bill Gates is saying the technology could be useful, but I'm not sure about Bitcoin itself. So just be careful how, you know, maybe some of these quotes are presented to you. And a lot of other smart investors see this as an asset bubble that will eventually pop. So take care out there in crypto land, I would strongly suggest. Okay, though. So in, in closing for today, uh, you can always uh, drop me an email, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. If you want to talk about anything from today's show, normally it's about property. Uh, today was a little bit about cryptocurrency. Obviously, there's a little bit of a divergence. Um, just to spice things up a bit. But obviously, if you want to talk about anything more generally in property investing as well, I'm, I'm here to listen. But also, the show notes will be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. But for now, all I want to say is thank you very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. 
Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.